Victoria's Secret fumbles their comeback, softboy musician Rex Orange County is accused of sexual assault, and should climate activists be targeting art galleries? We're Jasmine and Maggie, and you're listening to Culture Club, a weekly chat about pop culture, current affairs, the internet, and our lives. We acknowledge that the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people are the traditional custodians of this land we are on today. We would like to pay our respects to elders past and present. We'd also like to celebrate the rich history of First Nations culture and storytelling that we are continually learning from. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello, Maggie. This week I actually went on the Culture Club Instagram stories and did a piece to camera about what was on the pod this week because, yeah. one, I feel like we haven't mm. spoken to the listeners in a long time directly, but also like you were at Fashion Week. So can you please tell us more about Fashion Week and what was it like? It looked like you had so much fun. Yes. Okay. So meta. Like I love that you're referencing yeah. last week's episode in this episode about <laughs> how you were like promoting the episode in, inside this week's episode. Take a shot for every time I said episode there. But yes, this week was Melbourne Fashion Week and I genuinely had like the best time ever. I was just filled with so much like joy and enthusiasm for the week, even though like um each year since I was in year 10, so like 10, 11, 12. I don't know almost <laughs> I'm not gonna do the math on the podcast like I don't know like nine years I've technically like attended the 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 week um in like some part like either volunteering or just going to one show or something and this time I was just like super excited because mm. I felt like there was great buzzing energy like other people are excited um and there were some really great shows um so yeah I had a lovely week but it was like so full on but you also like I don't know I think you'd be the same jazz like we like those high intensity moments where we're like Mm. kind of pushing ourselves but it's like Devil Wears Prada-esque but then it's like that is not sustainable that is just like a short little time right I feel like no matter how many times it happens to me, I'll like I feel like I never learn. Like I, when it comes to like tiredness and like work and stuff, I don't know if you're the same, but I just like say yes to everything and push myself, and then I might you know get sick or whatever it is, and then I don't know, just like I'm like oh, I won't do that again. I won't like, but that's life. I think like you just go through those phases right where you're like super busy and you push yourself to like be your best or like be everything to everyone and then there's some periods where you just have to like be a hermit I'm not very good at hermit mode but I try yeah yeah my room is still very messy you can't really see I'm blocking everything on screen jazz but like oh my goodness I just need to chuck away things but speaking of kind of like boundaries and stuff I did just cancel an event Mm. I had this week um it was for a like DC Marvel sorry DC movie so that's okay boundaries in place so that's that's a nice little little thing also like post COVID and lockdowns it's like the stamina is so much lower for like social and just life completely but it's great to be talking with you on the pod on Sunday afternoon here so shall we get into it Lingerie brand Victoria's Secret has unveiled a new campaign recently. It's a campaign with the slogans, nothing can define us, not your standards, not your stereotypes, not your fantasies, not anymore. 
Oh my God, Jazz, uh, for those listening at home, which will be all of you, um, her eyes literally just roll back all the way back to the back of her head. So, yeah, Victoria's Secret has been a brand of the last, you know, it's been a brand that has been had some controversy lately and it also was like such a defining brand of the noughties and 2010s. But this new campaign is probably like it's been made in response to their like very white, skinny, Eurocentric standards of beauty that they have upheld for like decades. And they're trying to like, you know, be more inclusive, more diverse. But then why are supermodels like Bella Hadid and Hailey Bieber the face of the campaign that is pushing back on these beauty standards? Yeah, you're not alone in your anger, Jazz. There's been some heated talk on TikTok. We're going to play a snippet from a TikTok video from user Sophie Wood now. Victoria's Secret putting an ad of Bella Hadid with the copy, Not Your Standards, has to be the most ironic work to come out of this year. Bella Hadid, the person that some scientist or some doctor declared the most beautiful woman in the world is the face of your not your standards campaign. Like no shade to Miss Bella, I love her just as much as the next girl, but Bella Hadid literally falls into every societal beauty standard objectively. Obviously they're trying to like rebrand after canceling their fashion show, after one of their executives said that they would never include trans women in their fashion show because they're not part of like the fantasy. They have always been not inclusive in terms of like size, when on the runway, race, literally anything. They have never been inclusive and have always been like fulfilling the male gaze it feels like. To me, this ad just feels like they are playing into what to them feels like a trend of body positivity, body neutrality, diversity, inclusion, without actually understanding what that means. Because holy shit, how can you understand what beauty standards and like Eurocentrism in beauty is and then see this and be like, it's good, run it. So this campaign, interesting, like our first kind of intro to it was this yeah, billboard of Bella. She's kind of got like microphones around her. It's very high editorial. Mm. Um, and the text just says, not your standards, which is just mm. like, oh, you could have you could have chosen another one, <laughs> another cute slogan. But also why Bella did like not your standards. Like, nope, she's literally the standard of beauty. Like for all the, like for our generation, you know, we spoke about her, you know, the viral like dress the other week and people were saying like, this is it, like this is the moment that she's going to be like the supermodel of our generation, you know, like the Kate Moss or the Naomi Campbell mm, of our mm. generation. And it's like, well, then why is she the one who's like, I'm subverting the standard? Like, no, you've had plastic surgery yeah. to like look, like she was already naturally beautiful, like incredibly stunning. Then they got her, you know, the nose drill, which we've all spoken about before, to become this even like more unattainable standard of beauty and now Victoria's Secret have used her in a campaign. So um, I totally agree, um, especially there's been a lot of conversation recently about, um, especially off the back of the Caperni dress moment of um, like Bella and, I mean, as a larger conversation, like the return of the ultra skinny model or that kind of um, beauty standard um, and people are talking about her and her her weight I guess anyway what, what I'm trying to mention is that like 
I I don't put the blame on Bella here because she's not the one doing the, you know, campaign billboards, et cetera. But it's mm. like the Victoria's Secret marketing team mm. and their creative vision of it. I was like, oh, that's so weird. And I think we'll get into it a little bit more later, but it's also like there are two kind of opposing truths that I think coexist here where it's like, yeah, body positivity sells, but also like supermodel sell. And it's like, yes. can you pop them together in the same box? I don't know. True. Like they're trying to be everything to everyone almost. In the campaign, it wasn't just celebs like Bella and Haley. They also had an MMA fighter, a fashion justice activist a paralympic medalist and like a country singer so it was more diverse it was others and of course yeah they're trying to mm. be more representative lus did a piece on this titled inside victoria's secret self-assured comeback the opening says quote one morning in august just before sunrise bella hadid arrived at a warehouse in brooklyn Blinking back at the bright light, she squinted a little, her skin bare and a tiny bit sunburned, her hair brooming out of a hastily tied low ponytail. She wore a star face zit sticker on her left cheek. I thought, yes, perfect. Shoot her right now as she's coming through the door, says creative director Roel Martinez. That's it. That's the shot. So I wanted to talk about this opening because it's very consciously done you know trying to paint Bella um as like this mm-hmm. girl next door who gets pimples and who just like wakes up you know um and I, I just find it so intriguing it's like do our supermodels have to be this relatable like is that what we like I don't expect this from Bella I mean obviously mm. she's just living her life but why make a mm. massive statement about it how do you feel yeah it's giving um the you know like woman character written by a male like the voyeurism yes no yes it's actually perfect right because having an opening um to an article like that is kind of the only way they're making Bella mm. being like oh she's not your standard like how else is she not like that I don't I don't understand like you're trying to humanize her and this is the best you've got right like she's wearing a little pimple sticker and then that's it I don't know uh, I found that interesting anyway um a few people questioned Bella being involved in this campaign because she had kind of not explicitly but um I'm not going to use the word okay I'm going to use the word called out but not that aggressively but she had kind of called out Victoria's Secret in the past so back in 2019 she admitted that she had never felt comfortable like until walking in Rihanna's Savage X Fenty show um, back in September 2019 um, she was quoted saying, that was the first time on a runway that I felt really sexy because when I first did Fenty, I was doing other lingerie shows and I never felt powerful on a runway, like in my underwear. So people took that as like a dig to Victoria's Secret. So do you think that Victoria's Secret reputation will ever be fixed? Uh, what would it take? Like, would you, if they kind of continued on this, like, we're going to be diverse. We're not your beauty standard. Would you buy into them? Like, what do you think? Oh, like I personally wouldn't, but <laughs> I do think that people have such a short attention span mm. when it comes to controversies. That I like, I have full faith that, yeah, they could make a comeback if they, if they're smart about it. I don't think any brand is really exempt from this, like cancellation, like every, everyone's mm. coming back, like Dolce & Gabbana are, are kind of being half welcome back after their like multiple like racial allegations and stuff mm. and I'm like oh yeah like whatever yeah like, how do you feel I'm about it the same brands are gonna brand no matter what so um 
we didn't even speak about like the Kim Kardashian, Dolce and Gabbana stuff. That's how like over I am in a way of just like that. Oh, like then ne- like they're never gonna have consequences, right? Um, but back to Victoria's Secret. Did you see that song that like popped off on TikTok about Victoria's Secret? It's by Jax. Yes, I did, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, it's. Um, why am I embarrassed to admit? Like when I, well, I shouldn't be. That's like internalized misogyny because it's like a pop song. Um, <laughs> oh, I going red. There's literally no need for this, but I am. But I am. So what I was trying to say was like, yeah, when I first heard it, I was like, oh my god, this is catchy. I was like, oh yeah, this is a bit like. I don't want to even say it. I was like, oh yeah, that's like kind of cool. The first time I heard it. Anyway, whatever. It's not. Even, it's not it's bad. So it's not bad catchy. Song. Um, it is. You get stuck. If I hear it once, I think I've heard it through once or twice and yeah. it was literally stuck in my head for a week after. Right. And it, it taught me something about like the founders of um, Victoria's Secret. So I feel like most people on TikTok have heard this song, but if you haven't, the lyrics are, I know Victoria's Secret and girl, you wouldn't believe. She's an old man who lives in Ohio making money off of girls like me, cashing in on body issues, selling skin and bones with big boobs. I know Victoria's Secret. She was made up by a dude. Mike Durant. Yeah. And I was like, that's pretty good. And like she, like Jack's a musician was like, yeah, she wrote it for like a girl. She Aww. babysits and um, it was, it was kind of endearing. And like I saw, I mean, this it's a bit like yeah. trite. It's a bit. It's very on the nose, <laughs> but you can see her point. Yeah. And did you see the one where she does like a flash mob in no. front of a Victoria's Secret store? That's like the first one that I watched. And then it was, yeah, I know. And then they had like a mini like fashion show like outside the store. It was a big, it, it is chuggy, but Oh my God. That reminds me of like Bratz, Bratz movie or something. But yeah, it, it's interesting because I feel like that kind of encompassed how people were feeling mm. about Victoria's Secret and brands like them. Uh, people were just really sick of them and like annoyed at these big brands trying to cash in on body issues, as Jack says. And just having that song and then this campaign kind of coinciding at a similar time, it's just like these brands just feel very outdated and not with the times and insincere, I would say, with their marketing. Khloe Kardashian has shared that she's had skin cancer removed from her face. The 38-year-old took to Instagram to explain why she's had a bandage on her cheek for so long, and it turns out it's to protect an incision that's still healing following the removal of the tumour. Yeah, so over on Instagram stories, Chloe revealed that she first like noticed a small bump up in her cheek uh, and it just wouldn't go away. She thought it was just like a pimple. But after seven months and, you know, it still hadn't budged, she went and saw a dermatologist. Two biopsies later, it was confirmed that she did have skin cancer and she needed, um, quote, an immediate operation. Chloe wrote, All my margins appear clear and now we are onto the healing process. So here we are. You'll continue to see my bandages and when I'm allowed, you'll probably see a scar and an indentation in my cheek from the tumor being removed. But until then, I hope you enjoy how fabulous I'm making these face bandages look. She also revealed that she had a melanoma, which is like the most serious and aggressive form of skin cancer, removed from her back when she was 19 years old. Um, And yeah, continuing on the conversation, she said, I am only sharing this story with you so I can remind everyone to get checked and frequently. 
I am someone who wears sunscreen every single day religiously so no one is exempt from these things. Please take this seriously and do regular self-exams as well as your annual checkups. It is refreshing to hear a Kardashian speak like on an important topic, not like Kourtney Kardashian and the boohoo greenwashing, but like, you know, actually speaking about topic and just doing like a little PSA for like the millions of people who follow her. It is important and I feel like we have such a different like perception of skin cancer in Australia compared to the rest of the world. Like going to Europe and seeing people like baking themselves and like using tanning oil and tanning accelerator. There was like all these products that I saw people applying um, by the pool. And I was just there with, you know, my Factor 50 sunscreen, like very aware, like looking at the time, like <laughs> definitely not baking. It's just so I think it's good the way that Australians do have it ingrained in us from such a young age to be aware of the sun. But yeah, even if you wear sunscreen every day, that doesn't make you exempt from having to do your checkups and checking yourself. Yeah, I'm really glad that she did take this time to speak on it as well. Instead of like, you know, she would have easily like, let's mm. say, Photoshop the bandage out or just not talked about it. Um, so that, yes, I'm grateful for. And I agree in Australia, we are more switched on when it comes to skin cancer, it is the, um, can we say, most popular form of skin cancer for young people. Most common. Um, or the one that's most <laughs> most common, <laughs> sorry, um, which is really worrying. And I think, yeah, we, we all have had those, like, very terrifying mm. ads we see it at the back of our minds. But I have a little bone to pick. Oh, interesting. What's your bone? Yeah. So I I, <laughs> I know. Always finding a bone to pick on this podcast. And my little sister Katie was like, I love it when you two disagree. <laughs> She's like, fight, fight, fight. Yeah. It's like a little ring. Like people throwing money. You find us on Sportsbet. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. We will not be doing gambling things. Anyway, so Chloe, I'm really glad that she did speak out about this. But me scrolling through her Instagram page and she's got countless photos of her like lounging around like uncovered. Yeah, you're at the beach. So that's fine. I understand. But there are heaps of images, etc. of her, I guess, um, normalizing. I want to say maybe like sun lounging. Oh. I'll use that vague phrase. I don't want to like because I don't know. She's living her life. She's just taking a photo in a bikini outside. I don't want to like put too mm. much like judgment on that but I but to me it is that normalization of um like uh unhealthy sun habits I'm going to put weird phrases in my other thing I wanted to mention here is because yeah like sunscreen obviously is so important to wear every day but it's not just that we know that you like you should be wearing hats covered clothing like seeking shade when you can um and I think it would be because like you know it's hard to say when she's she's saying one thing but sometimes her lifestyle is saying another thing gotcha gotcha yeah but yeah we're not gonna put Chloe Kardashian all the Kardashians on this like morally perfect pedestal right like we already we know they're very very hypocritical and flawed and you know, are willing to take paid partnerships over val- like ethics. So mm. I don't think we're going to call Chloe Kardashian the new like sun smart <laughs> ambassador. <laughs> but it is good, especially for Americans because it, um, it's, it's like tanning beds and stuff aren't illegal in America. Mm. I see things on my TikTok sometimes of these like girls in, I don't know, in America somewhere um, 
tanning and yeah you can see the sun damage already and all the comments are like oh my god girl you look 45 years old like they're pretty savage but also like if shame is what it takes to get people to like stop ruining their skin then you know not even ruining from an aesthetic but like literally getting skin cancer then that's important as well yeah chloe has such of course like a massive global audience so i am sure this has done more good than harm obviously so yay yay for more self checkups and annual checkups Content warning for this next segment, we will be discussing instances of sexual assault. British singer Rex Orange County, whose real name is Alexander James O'Connor, has been charged with six counts of sexual assault. Between June 1st and the 2nd, he allegedly assaulted a woman um, twice in London's West End, once in a taxi and three times at his home in Notting Hill. This week, Alexander appeared in a London court and pled not guilty to all charges. A representative for the musician said in a statement, Alex is shocked by the allegations, which he denies, and looks forward to clearing his name in court. He is unable to make any further comment because of the ongoing proceedings. Alexander was released on unconditional bail ahead of a three-day provisional trial, which is set for January 3rd, 2023. Back in July... he had to cancel a lot of his tours worldwide and you know that included Australia so that had a lot of our like friendship groups talking and stuff uh back then in July he did make a social media post about this um which read it is with a great deal of sadness to announce that due to unforeseen personal circumstances I am having to spend some time at home this year and I will not be able to continue with touring as planned he mentions like the, the countries that are affected and that tickets um, will be refunded. Um, and then he continues, this is the last thing I want to do. I love touring and I am so sorry to be letting anyone down. I look forward to getting back to it as soon as I can. Love from Alex. Are you a Rex Orange County fan? I don't know. Yeah, I was a big fan of his music mm-hmm. like um, and like quite, quite a few years ago as well. Um, yeah, so... Mm-hmm gross I felt even like uncomfortable reading out that statement as you just said Mm. uh yeah um yeah I find it like weird to talk about this and I yeah because like disgusting inexcusable and terrible and like and it like oh my god (laughs) why am I getting sorry I'm having an emotional week this is not this is this is not emotion directed at like feeling like sorry for him or like disappointed even it's just like uh I don't even know like I know what you mean like when someone like soundtracks your life right like you know they well you listen to albums at particular Mm. points Mm. it can feel hard when you like listen back to that music and you're like ugh. it's just for me it's just like disappointment like Mm. he hasn't been charged he obviously has to go through a trial he has to be seen in you know court of law but like six allegations is not like looking good right and you Mm. have to like have a certain amount of evidence for this to go to trial which also looks bad um for his sake just want to double check though because like yeah it's i'm i'm a bit confused with the law like the law terminology because he's been charged with six counts but then he's going to court so i don't know what that means so he's been charged with six counts someone has been like this person assaulted me six different times um and so then they've had enough evidence to like take it to court and his first 
thing was this week saying like, no, I'm not guilty. I'm going to yeah, fight this yeah. charge rather than like, yeah, I'm guilty or whatever. So he said, yeah, I'm not guilty. I'm going to fight it. And so then now they have like, yeah, however many months, four or five months until it goes to a trial, which will be like the full like mm-hmm. cross evidence, examination, lawyers, etc. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, so I have seen this all over social media, um, like when it first, when the first, when the news first broke out as well. Um, and it was, yeah, very, very shocking. But then also, I feel like that's a cop out to say that because it's like, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it soon. But a lot of people were, were voicing their, um, their like, like why they were upset because like it was unexpected. Like he, like they didn't expect it from him like one of their mm-hmm. like quote-unquote good guys or something but mm-hmm. um yeah it was it was big news like he is of course such a massive um musician at the moment yeah mm-hmm. yeah so loads of fans really upset by this lots of young women especially mm-hmm. um there's lots of anger uh mm-hmm. on my for you page footage people throwing merch away some people who just received merch that day who were like oh my god I can't wait to arrive today um and others who were like reposting the last live show he did which was like in summertime in London where he's like sobbing like I think I saw that like when it kind of happened and people were reposting those videos and being like now we know why he was crying like he was saying goodbye to us he was like saying goodbye to his like he knows he's fucked up all this stuff but it's like you you can't tell like what someone's going through like you Mm. don't actually know what the situation was then um but my point is like they're kind of showing like the tiktok fans are showing like how disappointed they are Yeah, I think there there is like a line where I think public um, outpouring of emotion mm. is like I'm gonna say like acceptable, and when it's not acceptable, when it's talking about something like sexual assault, because I think sometimes these videos come off as um, self centered, yeah, and it's like centering yourself as a fan mm. as opposed to like the actual situation at hand. Yeah, I saw a lot of criticism about that as well, like. Um two videos particular like stitching a video of like people throwing merch away and being like oh my god like this reaction is so like crazy to me I'm you know kind of ad-libbing here but like the main message was like why are you making it about you like this is such a weird reaction to have but I also I'm in like two minds about it because half of me is like oh this is ridiculous guys come on like He's a singer. He had a persona, like whether that was his real persona or not. He made really good pop music, like incredible musician. Yes, so many of his albums have soundtracked parts of my life as well. But like at the end of the day, this is getting a bit parasocially for me. But then another part of me is also like when I see those videos that are like, oh, my God, why are you crying so much or whatever it is? It's like but it feels like almost a bit misogynistic because a lot of his young, his fans are young women and we know the effects of like kind of tearing down fandoms and fangirl culture. Like fangirl culture has been shit on for lack of a better word for like bloody 50 years or whatever it is and seen as not serious, seen as hysterical. Like I'm very aware of also like calling his fans hysterical, you know, women or whatever it is. Um, So I think there's like a lot of grey in like the fans reaction to this I think what I try to keep front of mind because like as I mentioned like I I was a really big fan of his music 
um but it's like okay but before all that and you're so right like I think it's like even you just being like oh yeah and like he had a persona I was like oh yeah like I didn't even like really consciously think about that because obviously he does but sometimes you just you don't even remember I guess because of parasocial relationships but it's like Mm. okay I can say that yes I was a big fan of his music and that music was an important part of my life but like above that he is an alleged abuser and I'm going to treat that with like the serious that seriousness that deserves um because I think I like what you're saying like you saw a lot of um anger on your for you page and Mm. I think that it's like a very powerful emotion to have in times like this Mm. I think seeing on the flip side um like sadness it's hard to put into words Mm. so the reason I'm bringing this up is because I saw a TikTok from a Melbourne-based musician who spoke out about how she was allegedly assaulted by a musician that she really um liked right and then she said that when when the information came to light when she came forward with it that a similar response um happened on social media and how that made her feel as a victim survivor in that circumstance was that she felt guilty for bringing this on the fandom and she felt yeah personally like oh maybe I shouldn't have said something because I've ruined this for so many people. Wow. So I think, yeah, we've we got to think about the woman at the centre of this who, mm. who, yeah, like, and yeah. Yeah, that's such a good point and that's a big reason why, like, I'm a huge, I am a big Rex Orange County fan. That's why I didn't, you know, share any stories. I didn't share the article, like, you know, on my story or, like, kind of comment publicly until now. It's only been five days, whatever. But, um because it's like this is about the woman right like it's between this poor woman who has allegedly been assaulted and um rex orange county so i felt kind of i don't know what i'm trying to say because now i am speaking on it anyway i found this piece online titled no longer your best friend rex orange county's sexual assault allegations betray fans and why his case proves that art can't truly be separated from the artist by Caitlin Huamani for a site called USC Annenberg Media. I was completely taken aback by the news from The Sun that Rex Orange County was charged this week with six counts of sexual assault. As an avid listener of his music and a close follower of his career, I'd gotten the impression that he was one of the good ones, a member of the increasingly rare ragtag team of men in entertainment who are not objectively bad people. The Los Angeles Times dubbed him his generation's, quote, favorite crooner and a heart-on-his-sleeve balladeer. His songs are relatable. They cover the growing pains of early adulthood and, of course, love. This boy-next-door persona is precisely why fans feel so betrayed and confused by these allegations of sexual assault against him. They continue... We're moving into a space where art will become intrinsically tied to the artist because of their digital presence and online persona. Art is already a deeply personal creation, and if these allegations are true, I don't want to support Alex O'Connor or put any more money in his pockets than I already have. This does feel very similar to the wife guy chat that we had a few weeks ago. Obviously, you can't conflate like cheating on your spouse with sexual assault, allegedly, but it does remind me of this whole like putting soft boys or like white indie guys up on this pedestal and being like one of the good Mm. ones. Like Rex Orange County was known for his soft boy persona. They've been very vocal about love and relationships and like, you're going to be one, you're going to want to be my best friend, baby. Like his lyrics are so like 
I think that's a big reason why people stop set as well because like they feel like they knew him through those lyrics or because he was one of the good guys people maybe like modeled relationships off that um so I think that's a big reason why people are feeling hurt as well yeah and if you're feeling a bit confused or like conflicted about what to do about your you know for your love of Rex's music um some people you know are taking to burning their merch or taking down posters etc um if you do want to not see an artist in your Spotify you can just google there's a little tutorial on how to do that as well as we said Alexander's trial is set for January 2023 but overall I really hope that the woman who has accused him is okay because obviously this is a lot of pressure from the fandom as well by default um but obviously it is a fucked situation all around this week two climate activists in london threw a can of soup over vincent van gogh's sunflower painting At the National Gallery, the two young activists threw the liquid onto the glass-protected painting before taking off their jackets to reveal their T-shirts, which read, Just Stop Oil. They also glued themselves to the wall underneath the painting. What is worth more, art or life, said one of the young activists. Is it worth more than food, more than justice? Are you more concerned about the protection of a painting or the protection of our planet and people? The cost of living crisis is part of the cost of oil crisis. Fuel is unaffordable to millions of cold, hungry families. They can't even afford to heat a tin of soup. So the gallery has confirmed that the painting was unharmed. Um, There was just some minor damage to the frame. And according to The Guardian, the group has been staging sit-down protests on roads through central London for the past two weeks. And this protest has caused quite a, like, stir in the global like world not just in the UK it's um, received lots of mixed reactions Um, the Guardian interviewed one Sophie Wright who is 43 from Surrey who initially condemned the action but then changed her mind when she learned that the painting was unharmed she said I support the cause and by the looks of it they are considered protests with the purpose of raising awareness and shocking people so long as they don't hurt people or put people in danger then I support them Another witness who didn't want to give um, their name said he could understand the cause but was worried about targeting, quote, a beautiful piece of art which is the best of humanity. Um, He added, quote, they may be trying to get people to think about the issues but all they end up doing is getting people really annoyed and angry. I thought this was a very good and interesting point. That person also said, The typical unthinking individual who doesn't think about the big issues of the planet is not the kind of person who walks around the National Gallery. So, like, I think a lot of people have been asking, why did they target the National Gallery and Van Gogh? And is that even important? Like, does it matter where where the protest is or is the point? Like, the point is to create for, like, a stir, right? Like, we're in Australia, we're talking about this now because they targeted the National Gallery in london um so yeah what are your thoughts well yeah i was gonna say like let's talk about first reactions because you Mm. first sent this to me and it was just kind of like a picture or a tiktok of like someone's thrown tomato soup uh, a van gogh painting and i was like um what i was like i don't i don't understand the messaging i was like i think i don't know if this was part of the initial tiktok but it wasn't like 
it's a little oil painting. Is like, is that the correlation here? Is that what we're talking? That, well, that's where my brain went to. I was, I was like confused and kind of like, okay about mm. it. But like that woman from Sorry, when I did learn that the painting wasn't harmed either, I am definitely more like okay with it because I'm like, oh, well, it's not hurting anyone, right? It's getting mm. us to speak about these conversations. I'm not too sure if it was the best delivery as well as we'll get into as well. Um, but now I'm just like, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, got to do what you got to do. How did you feel? Yeah. The first thing I saw of this was actually um, – uh, from Saint Hoax two days ago, who kind of made a meme out of it. Um, Saint Hoax is that big meme page with 3.3 million followers, and they're known for being like more liberal or like left leaning. And they had a carousel with like the video of the activists throwing the soup at the painting, but then all these like video memes and stuff. And the caption was quite sarcastic. It was, how will the fossil fuel industry ever recover from this with the like the little emoji with its um, hand over its mouth? And that made me be like, ooh, why are we, my initial thought was like, why are we making fun of almost these like brave people who like young people, 20, 21, who are like, making a stand who uh yeah trying to make a point i guess for the sake of our planet but then my tiktok for you page was delivering something very different which got me in this almost conspiracy theory about this stunt yes i saw this too because it was like okay we've got these um kind of radical um activists doing their bit but wait let's dig deeper into the company that they're actually representing which i think that's always good we love Mm. fact checking so the two activists were wearing t-shirts that read just stop oil and it is a quote coalition of groups working together to ensure that the government commits to ending all new licenses and consents for the exploration development and production of fossil fuels in the uk sounds great but people on tiktok did some more digging and found out that Just Stop Oil is funded by a philanthropy organization called the Climate Emergency Fund, which was apparently founded by oil heiress Eileen Getty. Have you heard of the Gettys before? So the Getty family um, is famously known for Getty images. That's like all I kind of know about them, that they're very rich and that they founded that platform, which like holds Photographs. <laughs> Stock library that we use every day at work. Yes, but the Getty family come from oil. So George Franklin Getty was an American lawyer and this oil man, and they he's now has a huge family, and Eileen Getty is this oil heiress who's 65 years old now. So she's been an active philanthropist throughout her whole life, and she's focused on improving the quality of life um, for individuals and communities, including supporting a number of causes like homelessness, HIV, AIDS research and treatment, the greening of urban spaces, the arts, community building in Africa, meditation in schools, peace building in the Middle East, And most recently, she has dedicated the bulk of her time and philanthropic resources to addressing the climate emergency. Um, That is according to her website. Obviously good causes, but there's always like a cynical part of me where like things Mm. like peace peace building in the Middle East and like community building in Africa, kind of like that white saviour complex Mm. kind of thing. And we know that a lot of billionaires do donate to like good causes like this as well so um so just 
So, of course, because this is from our own website, like, yes, of course, it's the truth, but also like a sprinkle of like, I don't know, skepticism. People on TikTok have been saying that Just Stop Oil is an organization created to make climate activists look bad, stupid, or ridiculous, um, which I like believed for until I looked further into Eileen Getty and Just Stop Oil. I do think that she is trying to make up for the fact that her family's wealth was like built off destroying the planet. You can't choose your family. She obviously wasn't born in the 1800s. She is just like an, she's an heiress. Um, but in saying that, funding a group that is going to throw soup on a Van Gogh probably isn't enough. And But it's interesting though, like she's funding the group and by funding it's like she's probably just donating a bit of money but now she's been like almost conflated and like seen as like a villain by these people on TikTok saying that like oh you're creating an organization to make climate activists look stupid and like ridiculous um people have been saying these activists are paid actors like no one um so what people were like they're wearing fast fashion and like she's got dyed hair which is pink and like a real climate activist knows that like hair dye is bad for the planet or whatever and I'm like oh my god this just plays into like the perfect activist thing again which which puts these people up on pedestals like they have to be 100% perfect can't like engage in society um while simultaneously like standing up for climate action yeah um I like that point about um the distinction from like yeah is um Eileen kind of like heading this group or did she just give them money so I found that she gave a foundational grant of half a million dollars um and that would be USD um to like get them off their ground I guess um from their website it looks like they started about the like at the start of this year their first kind of huh. news news press release thing was February um yeah this year and look I kind of was interested in those conspiracy theories because I think as like the general public who just see a headline about this like well, our initial reaction was like confusion a bit mm. of like annoyance I feel like that that theory kind of upholds itself because like people who don't do the digging or like look into who Eileen is or anything like I guess what we're doing right now is left kind of feeling like kind of eye-rolly similar to how some people feel about the public transport disruptions that let's say Extinction Rebellion have done like in our cities and overseas and stuff so I'm like I'm I don't know I'm a little bit nervous about the PR image of radical um, Mm. activists sometimes but I mean that's what they're like that's a lot of their mission right like to cause disruption to cause conversation and stuff like that um I'm like I also like I feel like I don't have a strong opinion about this. Yeah, I I think we want to talk about it more to like get to the bottom of those like TikToks we were seeing about this being all fake and the activists are actors and all this. Um but it's actually not the first art-based protest this week. Right here in Melbourne, just down the road, two activists from Extinction Rebellion glued themselves to a Picasso at the NGV. They attached themselves to um, an anti-war painting titled Massacre in Korea for more than an hour. This painting shows the horrors of war, the organization posted on Facebook. Climate breakdown will mean an increase in conflict around the world. So I'm not trying to like pit activists against each other because anyone who's like doing any form of climate action to like 
save the planet is incredible to me. Um, but per, like from an art perspective, that like makes a bit more sense that they're connecting the painting to their cause rather than just trying to get people's attention. And I think sometimes it's kind of like tall poppy syndrome here. Like people don't like people getting attention for quote unquote nothing, even though it's not nothing. But do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, I do get what you're trying to say. Um, I find it very interesting that two two of these protests have happened in art galleries like, mm. like across the world from each other. I guess it shows that art is so powerful and it's still, you know, these paintings might be hundreds of years old or at least decades old, um, but they're, so, they're still so relevant to today's conversations as well. It's time for recommendations. Jazz, is there something that you've watched, read or listened to that you've loved this week? As mentioned at the start of the app, I've barely done anything this week aside from work. So um, the only thing that I have read in like the last few weeks has been Seeing Other People by the one and only Diana Reed. So you may know Diana's work from her debut novel Love and Virtue and Seeing Other People is her second novel. It's only just come out in like the last two weeks in Australia and it's set to be the novel of the summer, I think, because it is set in Sydney over a summer after lockdown. So the story follows two sisters, Eleanor and Charlie, and their friend slash housemate Helen as well. And the story just kind of, it's about sibling relationships, friendship, and there's also a love triangle somewhere in there. And it's a very easy read and it's just so nice to read like Australian fiction, which I've been reading a lot of this year, which has been really nice, Um, you know, set in the summer. It's just very like visceral writing. You feel like you're actually there in the Sydney summer. Um, And I think it's a great follow up to Love and Virtue. So I feel like most of our listeners probably are already on the Diana train and probably already have their hands on this. But yeah, that's what I've been loving recently. Yes, we both um, accosted the book PRs for copies of this book. Not going to lie there. So um, yes, we did get advanced copies and um, got to read it, which we love. What have you been watching, reading, listening to this week? Yeah, same as you. I barely had time to watch anything, which is like so sad. I love like winding down with a little TV show and I hadn't been able to do that this week, but a podcast that I have been really enjoying and their second season just dropped is Everybody Has a Secret. And this is a podcast by Shameless Media. It's hosted by Annabelle Lee and it's produced by Justine Landis Handley. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I recommended a podcast called Normal Gossip, which, you know, has a morsel of gossip in each episode from um, real life people. This podcast is similar, but every episode, a real life secret is filled and a co-host comes in and weighs in on it. Um, I find it super fun and enjoyable. It's voyeuristic. Some episodes are more like shocking and serious. Others are more lighthearted and funny. Um I think season two is off to such a great start. They've kind of um, switched up the format a little bit, improved it, um, and it's, yeah, it's just super engaging. And even though some of these secrets are so, like, far removed from your own life, they still kind of make you reflect on your inner world, on what you think and um, other events in your life, which I like. Um, it's not, Yeah, it's just done so well and 
um, I highly recommend it if you haven't given it a listen. Ooh, love that. Amazing. So now that's the end of our episode. Thank you again for tuning in, dear listeners. And we will chat with you again, as always, next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.